G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast with our AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars, we only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by Kays and uh, Dossie has been replaced with a 12 year old because he's drinking a green mother energy drink and I've never actually seen uh, a monster. person in their 30, what is it, monster isn't it? Yeah. It's a monster. I've never seen a 30 year old drink one of those, you wanna, do you want to talk us through that decision? I'm very tired Hef. <laughs> and- <laughs> <laughs> I've got to make it through this podcast. So if you want me to be lively, it was grab one at the server on the way here just to perk up for you boys. So that's the only reason. Yes, it it's is, disgusting um, and it's bad behavior on my part. It is your second uh, podcast of the night. So I'm willing to forgive you. I'm just baffled that you can actually get to sleep after you drink one of those things. That's all. Uh, yeah, probably might be a late one for Dossie. <laughs> uh, right. Plenty of work to do anyway. Where did tonight's pod pod rank after last week's highest ever grossing episode? <laughs> Um, no, nah, we can't we can't defeat you from last week, mate. But Correct. we did have a, a an epic guest this week, uh, Holmesy Holmes, Kyle Holmesy Holmes from uh, the runner up from last number year. Number two in so the world, right? Number two in the world, but yeah, obviously Kay's reckons he might uh, might be outdoing him. I don't know. I might want to check the numbers next week on that one, but uh, we'll see how we go. Bring it on, Holmesy. Uh, speaking of numbers, um, we're doing a mock draft at the moment for the uh, Keeper League pod, uh, a few friends of the show, some really big names in the fantasy world doing that, uh, trying to get a, a decent kind of gauge of where players would go in a Keeper League draft if they were kind of taken by fantasy podcasters and bloggers and stuff like that uh, of the like. But um, yeah, there was one player that went super, mm. super early and that was um, Josh Dacos. Yeah. And then two rounds later, <laughs> Nick Dacos went. So what, uh, what happened? Not two rounds, two picks two later. Two picks yeah, later. Yeah, so no, what happened um, there, Dossie, do you want to talk the listeners through? Because yeah. he's one of your boys, really, the guy who did it. Yeah, no, um, the statesman. Um, look, we invited him on to do the, the Keeper League mock draft because he's, you know, a self-proclaimed Keeper League he's a guru. Uh, expert. Yeah. Uh, knows his youngsters, knows the up-and-coming draftees, and he's obviously picked his favourite up-and-coming draftee from this draft, the um, bloke that averaged 136 points, was it, last year in the, uh, in the NAB League? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's Josh, oh, wait, that's Josh Nick, Dacos, right? That's Nick Dacos. Oh, I've got the names mixed up here. Uh, oh, looks like Stato's gone and made a blunder. Uh, <laughs> and I, I went in the chat and I was like, do I do the right thing? Do we make this an authentic draft and just leave him there for the rest of the draft? And I thought, you know what? An authentic draft is having that fossil in the group make that, that mistake. makes that stuff up. Yep. So we went ahead and Dossie picked him up a couple of picks later. I don't think there is a keeper league draft without someone actually like stuffing up a pick and taking the wrong person. I've done it before. I did it last year. It turned it out Cam sweet, Rainer. actually. It took Cam Rayner. <laughs> and Look, it was uh, sweet. At least Josh Dacos is still a very good player and, and probably in for a bounce back anyway. There's talking lots of wing time. So yeah. maybe the Chris Main role. So it might not actually end up that bad, which is kind of crazy. Still probably bad when you're taking like pick 50 or something like that. But right. Pick, pick 70. Like that's oh, actually that? the thing that scared me. Well, scared mm. me because like I'm on the turn. So I'm pick 10. So I just like tune out for how many hours it takes to get my pick. And even the fact that he was still like, I just assumed that someone would have taken Nick Dacos heaps earlier. Cause like he's been going pretty high in some of the drafts that I've been involved in. Yeah. Where's he? It was, yeah, I, think I was, it was surprised he was still there. So he was yeah. there. He was there at 71. So like that shocked me number one. So yeah. Does he got to steal it? What? 73 or 74 even. Yeah. 
Well, speaking speaking of that ADP data that um, you just kind of looked up to see Nick Dacos going at uh, uh, 51 or whatever it was, um, mm. we're actually collating um, Keeper League data, Keeper League drafts, mm. startup drafts on Ultimate Footy at the mm. moment. So basically, if you've done a startup Keeper League draft, um, send us your league code if you feel comfortable doing that. If you don't, don't do it. But you can uh, DM it to us if you don't want to put it out publicly and we'll scrape the data and just use it and add it to the uh, to the, the list we've already got to see where players are going. And it gives us like an accurate guide of where um, players are going in draft. Um, in keeper league drafts because mm. the data on ultimate footy is a bit skewed because it includes redraft leagues plus it includes the keepers being locked in in random positions and things like that using draft picks mm. so yeah if you if you want to get on board that do that speaking of just the, the mock draft quickly have now I, I don't want to interrupt art because I'm sure if someone walked into Michelangelo painting the creation of Adam you know on the Sistine Chapel ceiling yes you now they would have been like man this is kind of weird what's going on here yeah um, and it might end up being an absolute masterpiece but I kind of just want to ask Doss what his draft strategy is so I'll run you've had uh, 11 picks so far Doss yes. so uh, first pick Brody Grundy great yep. then you've gone Rowan Marshall with your second pick just okay forward status yes. forward status right then you've yes. gone uh, Mitch Duncan who's injured and 50 you've gone Aaron Hall who's injured and also 50 mm-hmm. then you've gone actually I might need one more ruck so I'm going to add Luke Jackson in there too uh, yep, you've gone. obviously gone listed as a forward you've obviously, gone, forward, obviously yep. gone your goat uh, Braden Freerini at number 6 then you've gone, oh, I'll go even younger. I've got these old guys, really yep. old guys, and I'm going to mm-hmm. add Nick Dacos. Then you got a bit scared that maybe you went too young, so you've gone <laughs> and got Andrew Gaff, who's 30. I uh, bounced back to Paddy Lipinski. Then you've gone old again with Sam Doherty, older again Jeez. with Dane Zorko. That's a lot of good names you're reading now and right now. You've got okay. really obsessed with your draft. So, yeah, like, no, I'm yeah. just wondering. Every like, pick so far. I'm just wondering, like, are you trying to have, a like, a whole line full of Ruckman or, um, you know, have the – craziest medium average where you've got 18 year olds and 35 year olds I just, <laughs> I I just want to know heard of this thing Kays. it's mm. called uh, list building right and Dossie's strategy is elite I've gone the mixture of young and old exactly what you want in a keeper league I'm picking guys we've only got 12 keepers in this league Kays. so Do I'm it. going that mixture Luke Jackson obviously we can agree he's got a massive ceiling and mm-hmm. potentially a gun in the future Nick Dacos another guy with a huge ceiling Fiorini kind of that guy in between who could pop or who could fail. I'm comfortable taking him where I did. Yes, I went early on a lot of rucks because I wanted to force the hand of other drafters. And I feel like right now I'm benefiting <laughs> from that, from taking all these veteran midfielders late, which is, I just picked up, you just said Zorko, Fife, Lipinski and their gaff. I've got some guns coming late. I think late. the key thing we've got to remember is we don't actually play this league. So it doesn't really matter here, boys. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be a Encapsulation of what happens. Yeah, well, sometimes someone will go out there and just try to win the first year, and Dossie appears but to be doing question, that. But the question: If there's a genuine keeper league, mm. and uh, Rowan and Luke both lose forward status, you've got three Ruckman, and only one of them can and be a really yeah. strong trade hand. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, you don't draft a trade, obviously, and and I did draft these guys because I think they're still going to have that forward status. Well, obviously, they're going to have it this year, and I think they'll still score well this year, which is. Mm why I had them but mm. yeah exactly like you said I'm probably looking at keeping all of them next year if if nobody wants that to. trade back yeah. yeah and yeah. then if not I, like is nobody going to trade for Luke Jackson next year if I if I keep him probably the Max Gorn owner in the league and then Rowan Marshall I think is going to hold forward status still so anyway. 
I'm just comfortable. With I that just want to know. I'm just I'm just asking. I don't want to jump jump the gun All too right. early. I'm just I'm just asking the process behind the the genius that is. We're DOS. we're approaching ten minutes into the podcast and we're still tracking uh, talking about a draft that doesn't even matter because it's a mock draft. So I think we'll move on from there. Mm. But at least we get a bit of a gauge of uh, Dossie's drafting strategy, and we'll find out um, about our mine and Kayser's drafting strategies probably a bit later on. Much stronger when we, when we uh, <laughs> publish the uh, publish the arti- articles. But uh, speaking of, um, I guess you know, bold strategies. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this one, but let's just go with uh, our support for the Keeper League podcast is brought to you by Manscaped uh, who are the best in below the waist grooming uh, Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels uh, Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle which is the performance package um, so join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped uh, with this exclusive offer uh, use Keeper20 at Manscaped.com and get 20% uh, off and free shipping and yeah join the 8 million balls out there that use Manscaped so yeah that was seamless tying that uh, that add in so well done oh, to yeah, me give, uh, give myself man. a pat on the You've back you done well there <laughs> alright let's explain what we're doing tonight so uh, tonight we're doing a bit of data analysis so as you are all probably aware on our website we've got um, CBA numbers kick in numbers we've got the breakout tracker we're going to have some ADP data coming up so we're going to be looking at all that sort of stuff in this podcast but before we get into that um, there's obviously some practice matches happening this weekend boys Yeah, I want to know which players you are most keen to see? We'll start with you, Kays. Mm-hmm. Who are you keen to see this weekend? Uh, well, I've kind of got three. The, the first one that's really intriguing, obviously the Sam Walsh injury uh, last week, just, you know, was a bombshell on, on many keeper leg owners. But, you know, heading into this season, Carlton were looking at this core four in the midfield. So Walsh, Cripps, the new guys, Chera and Hewitt. Now that there's no Sam Walsh, I think the big question is who steps into that role? Someone's got to play midfield. And if we're talking about all these ADP numbers and, and stuff like that, I'm thinking is someone like Matt Kennedy back in the frame. He finished off last year really strongly. I know he's a bit similar to kind of what Cher and Hewitt provide, but is he one who just gets that first crack because he, he put in some good stuff last year? Because if so, he's currently going at pick 231. So you could get a bargain there for the first four to six rounds of some good players, uh, of some good scores, I should say. But saying that, Ed Kano, he's at 271. Lockie Fogarty's 282. Zach Fisher's even further deeper down at 354. And Dossie's boy, Paddy Dow, at 357. You could pick him up at 357. So... One of those guys has to go in the midfield for the first four to six weeks, and I reckon there's a bit of um, value picking up one of them later because there's some there's some scores to be had there. Yeah, I still think it's it's probably Cripps, Chera, and Hewitt in there. I don't you think you know Kennedy there's more than three midfielders. I know, in a I know, team. I know. But starting starting on the way, and the guys that will attend majority of the centre bounces, like yes, there'll be others will rotate through, but they're but not all. They can't all have like you know seventy percent attendance. You know what I mean? I'm not saying so that, I'm saying that those saying will that be the three. Yeah, those will be the three main ones. I reckon we would have seen. We'll see go through there now with this injury so I don't know I think yeah because I was, I was probably thinking like how does Hewitt even fit into that midfield mix or you know sorry he fits into that midfield mix but how how much of a, a go does he get in there um, but now I think it's just kind of cemented him as kind of one of those key starting three I reckon I reckon there's a huge huge chance of some cheap points late in a draft for maybe one some, of those mids yeah maybe some cheap I points like but not heaps sustainable but yeah like it's good for Hewitt I think we don't know what Voss thinks of all these these kind of second the guys that have been considered the second tier. So yeah, yeah. I'm keen to see who who rolls through there for sure. Who else are you excited for, Case? Uh, who else am I excited for? I'm going to go all uh, Dylan Moore. Um, I think he could be a genuine breakout contender this year, and he's in the list of potentially being one of my keepers this year in our home league half in the 16. Obviously, forward status, he had a super underrated 2021. The more I look back on his numbers, the more he genuinely excites me. So, for a smaller forward, 
Of the 20 games he played, he had 12 games that were 70 pluses, including a ton. Now, if you're reading some of the, uh, you know, the hot goss coming out of the Hawks intra-clubs, which obviously we, we'd like to just call our Jets on, you know, because they are playing against each other. But he's kicking a heap of goals uh, in that Hawthorne forward line. And, yeah, it looks like he could really, really be in store for a big 2022, maybe even heading towards a seat on my bus. It's funny because you were the man that uh, was jumping on board Max Lynch on the back of an intra-club report, and then you're tweeting about, call your jets on intra-clubs, and mm-hmm. now you're back on the intra-club train. You're just a big flip-flopper, case. This is what the subject <laughs> is called, Hef. Who are you looking forward to seeing? I know. I was just saying that you are. So, I'm looking forward to seeing whether the I actual know. rumors are true. taking the piss, case. Don't don't get too rolled up about it. Who else you, who else you came from? And lastly, your boy, Sam Pell Pepper. Yeah, Speaking of intra-club heat, yeah. what did he do? Kick three goals three from, from the, the midfield, midfield yep. had a thousand touches. Uh, look, he found his way back into that poor side late last year. Mainly two, as a sub. Yeah, two, but yeah. few injury niggles, you know, no Arazio Fantasia around. Yeah. He's going to be missing. He's a natural one up forward if he uh, is kicking these goals. So, look, when he was actually full best 22, he was a 75 average player. So, yeah. he's going super late in drafts too and is, you know, around that 230, 250, I reckon, from the top of my head. Um Awesome, awesome the late issue, value pickup. The issue is when he was just getting 75, he was getting bulk midfield time. In that time, he's kind of moved into a forward the last few years, and that's why we've seen his scoring dip and then ultimately leave the side. You know, like you said, it's an intra-club game. You're halving the midfields. Like, I still don't see how he gets the midfield minutes to be a good fantasy scorer in season, but I guess that's why we'll wait and see what happens this week when but we're playing against some real opposition, I guess. 200, pick 257, his yeah, average, don't and you're not going to lose any sleep over picking nah, him Absolutely not. I'm just not, yeah, super excited about the, the upside, that's all. Dossie, who are you excited for? I'm keen to see every single player just about this weekend. <laughs> Everyone on your coach. I'll just, I'll just go through a few. Obviously, the, um, just I just want to say in general, the Gold Coast just midfield mix is one thing that I'm just really keen to look at um, in general. Obviously, we know the players that I've been looking for, but mm. um, one in particular, and I won't mention the guy I always talk about, but one in particular I'm keen to look at is Jeremy Sharp. I think he's going super under the radar. How good was that video? Oh, yeah, that yeah, takes like six bounces up the wing. <laughs> who was, who was chasing him uh, down? Yeah. Oh, Atkins, was it Rackins? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, Jeremy Sharp. I think um, I was actually looking at his numbers a bit more seriously recently. And you look back at his year last year. Um, I know the Oracle predicted the, the, mm. the big debut. He played really well, sort of just tapered off a little bit, but had some really big scores over 110. And then he has that sub score in there as well for your draft night. So, his, his average on draft night is, I think, about seven points lower than what he actually averaged for the season. And he had that really poor game against Melbourne where Melbourne basically held the ball the entire time. So, I think his real average, if you want, last year was he's probably closer to an 85-point game average last year. So, what can he do this year? Like, if this guy gets a permanent win role, he could be at sitting at a 70-point average and you get a guy that could go 90-plus in your drafts. So I, I want to see where his role stands on the weekend as well. I want to piggyback off that Gold Coast stuff because- in our mock draft that we're doing here, I'm surprised that Jack Lacosha slipped to me at pick 90. Now, are people getting really cold feet that he's going to be playing? Yeah, it's key the forward. forward. Yeah. It's the forward but, factor. So, I'm yeah. interested. Especially, like, with, um, especially with um, King out as obviously well. Obviously, with King out, that's yeah, the yeah. big worry. But, like, he might be a bit of a sleeper in some drafts too because- I, I love it. 
Yeah. What I'm, if he's a, he could be one of the best forwards yeah. going forward as well? But yeah. the other thing is we've seen guys like Josh Corbett score pretty well. Levi Casbolt on his day, I know he's, you know, a bit of a laughing stock at times, but he can actually score pretty well as that ruck forward. Yeah. You know, like there's some value options up forward um, with some of the bigger guys at the Suns. So Suns will be one big watch this weekend, I reckon. I love yeah, it. yeah. Like I don't I don't think it's out of like, you know, the realms of possibility that he could be a good scorer as a forward. Not at all. Someone, you know, there are anomalies there. It's just, you know, traditionally people that have to play tall don't score as well. That's all it is. Could be one of the great swing men over the next 10 years as like a back forward Hopefully, status. Yeah. That, That's right. what you want. I love it. Well, I rank, uh, you know how highly I ranked him in my, in my defender rankings. <laughs> and you let rankings. him slip I to me. Well, he was 90. coming to me now. Was, yeah, exactly. Um, the other players I'm looking forward to, Jake Bowie, of course, for Melbourne. I'm just keen to see his role. Um, and Will Phillips in that same game. Um, we've heard that he's already been racking it up in the intra-clubs. Does he get a midfield role? What are you, are you guys vibing? Does, does he get some clock in the midfield? I think they're keen to play him this year. I think they are, but I think he needs to spend a few weeks with Hef in the gym. I think he just needs to put on a bit more size. I don't to be think he'd be able to keep up with me, to be honest. Genuine <laughs> midfield threat. We'll be talking about him more late, later on. <laughs> but uh, Ryan Burns and Errol Goulden to round out my guys that I'm keen to look at this weekend. Yeah, just uh, just in terms of role, like, you know, forward, midfield, that type of thing. Role for sure. And just development as well. You know, yeah. um, yes, role, but we can't always gauge what role players are going to play based on this, you know, this trial games basically so I just want to see where what they're looking like the thirst you know I'll be gauging that thirst as particularly Rhino Burns is guy that I think is rather thirsty but also Goulden just does he absolutely come out and dominate and look like a gun straight away in his second year that's something I'll be looking for all right, cool. Uh, I'll go through some players I'm looking for. I'll just go through them quickly before we get stuck into the main uh, bulk of the pod. But uh, Cam Rain is one I'm looking for. Just I want to know if the hype is real, I guess. Like, everyone, you know, talks about how bad his scoring has been in the past. And I know he's had midfield clock before, but, but I don't think it's going to be on the scale we're going to see this year. I do have the concerns returning from the ACL, but there should be some natural development. I reckon that will balance that out mm-hmm. as well from, uh, you know, being just another couple years older since he played last I'm um, going through I'm just excited to see him uh, through the midfield um, Jai Caldwell is another one I'm pretty excited about um, Essendon weirdly put up just numbers for the first half no, like <laughs> yeah. did he what happened did he not play in the second half or like well, that was like his first quarter that I looked at in the yeah, elimination so, final he, so I'm worried it, like is he yeah. just like a one half wonder or like first, first player and yeah that, so yeah. It, like did he do nothing for the rest of the game or did he, they take no, him they out, might have like, just yeah rested, rested him, him maybe that was it yeah but um, yeah so like I just need to see what's going on with yeah. him, essentially, whether he can run out of games or what the go is there. But, yeah, there's some serious hype from him coming out. And I just want to see what Dylan Stevens is doing, like how much yeah, he's bulked absolutely. up. I'm keen to see those pipes. See that yeah, one he's, show got the the he's got a lot of hype yeah. around him as well, which Just, is interesting because you don't know, always get that from Sydney exactly. from, for their younger players. Although they have been, they've been quite transparent the last few years, which has been yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, they've been good, but it's yeah. not like usually they're not always pumping up, especially like a third-year player that kind of had a down year. They're, they're really pumping up that he's going to be back, aren't they? So yeah. that will be an interesting one. The Brisbane midfield as well on Rayner, like they've been pumping up playing I mean, him, Neil's and Bailey. him and Bailey are going to be the prominent guys. Yeah. I saw like... Um, Michael Whiting, the journal up there, saying that, you know, he reckons that two of the top three attendees for basically centre bounces is going to be those two guys. He tweeted that a few weeks ago and then they've come out and sort of said the same thing. So, very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be. But anyway, we've got the practice matches coming up this weekend. So, it's just going to be good to see some footy and uh, get a gauge on some players. All right, uh, Dossie, we'll throw it over to you. So, you're going to talk about some players that you think have a bit of CBA upside just from CBA upside, sorry, uh, looking at a few trends from last year. So... Yeah, so I um I did a bit of research and I said I was going to do my top five 
uh, CBA players. Doesn't I was have like, to be top five. No, 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 no I was, was going to do a top five. It ended up, you know, I started writing this little oh, article no. for it. Ah, okay. It's going to be like Hef writing about <laughs> port games. Got to 12. Uh, I'll go make a cup so. of tea. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> I won't go through all of them because plenty of them are, you know, 2G for P or we've talked yeah. about plenty of. So, I'll just skip through a few names. Um, the obvious ones, I've got Matt Crouch, Paddy Lipinski, Matt Rowell. I think these guys are all going to be jumping up and you can just read the article for those. I don't think they're kind of breaking too many barriers there. George Hewitt's another one. I think we've talked yeah. enough about him We know he's well. going to the midfield. Heaney, another guy, talked mm-hmm. plenty of. Butters. But let's get to the next guys. And one of them was Jai Caldwell, who I also think we've talked enough about. So I'm going to jump to the next guy. And this is a player that I'm keen to see. Sorry, you, you, Sorry, I was just saying, you said Butters. Uh, did you see today that he said he's going to play across half back this year? I think, was that what? a mistake? Like mm. I saw the tweet and then they port deleted it. Oh, yeah, so did they, put the, did they put the wrong name to the tweet? Surely. Or why did no, it, it get deleted? Zach, it was a Zach Butters um Press conference. Yeah, no, I know, but like, did they have like the wrong text from something else earlier and copy and paste? No, it was like I'm going to play across half back and maybe hopefully through the midfield. But why did they delete it? That's what I don't get. I don't know. So like, I was just yeah. like, whoa, yeah. hello. <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was real weird. Well, that's <laughs> still juicy for Butters. Yeah. You keep talking. I'll do some more investigative yeah. journalism yeah. on this yeah. Zach Butters quote. <laughs> I've got the screenshot. I saved the screenshot. I've got it on my phone. Yeah, it was literally off of their yeah, Twitter yeah. feed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this guy is a player that's also well. I don't know if he's going to be playing because he's been having a bit of an injury complaint this preseason with a hip I think it was but Will Brody um, is a guy that has all the CBA upside in the world should he get it this year and I think he will get it we've, we've heard messaging coming out from Fremantle the moment he arrived at the club from Justin Longmuir this is this is a quote from him back in November and obviously things can change but we're really bullish on him we'll give him an opportunity primarily as an inside mid and then this is another bit of the quote because I'll just skip past a bit he has all the qualities there to be a good inside mid for us. So the moment he arrived, a 23-year-old, bigger body player, they're looking to give him that opportunity that he's obviously lacked the previous years at the Sun. So last year, he only played a handful of games, 27% CBA attendance, yep. 51 average, just was pretty average, but 117 points in that VFL system playing as a pure inside mid. And I can tell you that because I watched a few VFL games of Gold <laughs> of Coast last yeah, year. Watching Fiorini. I was. And I can tell you because I was annoyed because Fiorini was playing on a wing while guess who was in the guts? Will Brody. Will Brody. But you can't complain because he was averaging, you know, 30 plus touches himself. Just a couple of things on that. So, like, Fife come out. Like, were you factoring Fife moving forward in any of that? Like, because Fife's come out no, this week. So, you're not factoring I think that so, in? No. Yeah. They, they still need that other big body when, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, Monday's 36. Yeah, There's got to be a They've time move when they move in. him out. Yeah, the know. other thing was he did have a hip injury the other day. Yeah, yeah, Is he right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I just said at the start. Yeah, that's unclear. I, I don't know if he's going to be right to go. But I think I think last thing I heard was he's going to be right for round one, but it's yeah. just a little bit of a concern. That's yeah, all. so whether he plays in the trials or not, this is just more of a CBA upside for the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. I still, I just, for me, I think they're going to give him a try. Like a lot of these younger players are they ready to, you know, like we've said, they've nurtured through Sarong, had, you know, very low time on ground and low centre bounce usage in his early career. Are they are they ready to throw Erasmus straight to the wolves like immediately? Well, they, they didn't with Sarong. They eased him exactly. in, so they're probably not going so to. So, yeah. are they going to throw these draftees? If not, they've got this 23-year-old who they can see, do we have something with this guy? Is he, is he going to be part of that next wave? And we've got probably, I don't know how big his contract is, probably one, one to two years max. I yeah. would have thought probably a one-year. They want to find out if he's any good. I think CBA upside's all there. Uh, yeah, I don't, don't see any status. Don't see any problem with that, for sure. Who else you got? 
I've got Cam Rayner, who we kind of spoke yep. about already. So, I oh might skip to my next bloke. Yep. Jack Ross, who I touched on in the Richmond um, podcast that we talked about. Just looking a bit deeper in that. Do you guys, is he the guy? Like, I come back to it again. I think he is the guy that's going to jump up this a, year. A lot of Richmond, like, because you look at how their midfield's going to line up. Like, you're still going to have Cotchin in there. You still be looking like Dusty's going to increase his minutes. Then you've got, like, you know, again, these are the guys that are going to have, like, your 50% kind of plus type thing, your time in there. You got, you got probably got room for for one of these kind of younger guys to push in there and get a, you know, a bit of a bump in CBAs. Mm. But Collier Dawkins looked like the guy that they really tried to ram in there last year as well. So that's what I'm, I don't know. And the Richmond faithful seem to be really keen on Collier Dawkins over Ross as well. I think that they do different things though. True. Like, and I don't necessarily think it's one or the other. And the other thing about this is like, Richmond's been a team that's, been pretty bloody quiet on the social media yeah, so like we're not, really getting, we're not getting yeah. any hype out of them so yeah. it is just all guesswork which is kind of cool in a way because we're not getting you know spoon fed what's going to happen so i like to guess and i'm thinking ross at 13 percent cba average last year the fact that they gave him a taste in round 23 as that show that the next guy you know usually in round 23 you try your next wave okay yeah, is this going to work next year can we give this a shot next year Round 23, he had 79% yeah. centre bounce attendances, 93 fantasy points. He can do it if he gets the role. I'm with you because uh, I don't want to give away too much of my ADP bit coming up later, but he's coming in at 234 as an yeah. average. And those two big scores last year, and we're searching for that next kind of player at Richmond. And I reckon at that price, at like pick 234, mm. worth it. While we say there wasn't much coming out of Richmond, there was a Jack Ross burning up the track article coming out. So. Wouldn't be preseason with that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just want to go all um, Tommy Brown. Uh, oh, I, think, I think they fucked up because yeah. on the Port Adelaide thing now, it says he's going to play a 60-40 split uh, yeah. attack midfield. I reckon they yeah. had something in the memory, the copy and paste oh, from maybe yesterday. Maybe it was from Dan Houston's uh, interview today <laughs> yeah. on radio. Yeah, probably. Where he was, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, probably. So, probably. But yeah, Press control V and it was the wrong thing that came Good for the owners who, took, who have him as a forward. Cause I'd be lying like if I said I wasn't guilty be. of uh, copy and pasting in the wrong the wrong thing into somewhere where it shouldn't be. But anyway. <laughs> now, I mentioned this guy at the top and I wanted to touch on him a bit more in this segment as a guy with center bounce attendance upside. 24% CBAs last year, which pretty good for your rookie season considering you completely didn't play in the NAB year. Talking about Will Phillips, who we mentioned, like I said at the top, who I'm keen to see in this uh, trial matches upcoming. Uh, apparently had eight clearances the other day, according to an on-watcher on the Twitter sphere, um, which was, yeah, second, I think, only to LDU for them. So, 44 AFL fantasy average, super low forward status this year. This guy's been given Boomer Harvey's number for a reason, guys, and it ain't just for leadership, okay? Do you guys think... Do you reckon Boomer's back there? Yeah, mate. You can have my number 29 as a good leader. You're going to be a great leader here. Boomer wants to be watching him do that number honour, okay? And he's going to go out there and do him honour in the future. 24% CBAs in his raw rookie first year. That shows to me the coach in the future, they're going to be wanting to get this guy in the guts. And at VFL level in only a couple of games... 94 fantasy points, 27 disposals, five tackles. He can rat around in there. And I'm, I'm thinking this year we could actually get a surprise year out of him. I've come around. I've come back around to thinking he is actually going to be part of their midfield this year. And I could see the center bounces rise. Uh, as a Phillips owner in our home league, and I just I don't think I can keep him in my 16, mm. even with the forward status. Like, 
his some of his scores that he put up last year were trash. And like, if he was getting that many CBAs last year and still with a like a best score of sixty six, like, really, are we that excited? Especially second year, I'm more. I'm not jumping off Will Phillips completely, as in he'll never be any good. I'm definitely not. I still think there's there's mm. scope there for massive improvement. I'm just not sure it's this year. Yeah, especially I don't know. with like Greenwood coming in. Like we've seen Thomas, we've seen Simpkin. There's you know LDU. There's there's mm. four top quality mids there. If Ben Cunnington's fit, you know, like he can't be that far up the pecking order. Jason Horn Francis he's, is- He's a clearance player though and a different type that they've got. You know, they've got the big bodies in LDU. Mm. A guy like Tyron Thomas can play forward really well and they kind of still need that person up there. So, I don't know. I've just- The way that he was molding up and that brought him up to do that, I know they've got Horn Francis in this year and they're going to give him a look as well. I just think we're going to see Phillips in that rotation. He's currently coming in at- Pick 148 on the ADPs. Mm. So that's pretty high. Like people haven't even drafted Trent Rivers, Sam Doherty, you know. This, like is, this, is, a guy that, like, this is a guy that was, mm. I, I don't know if he was best on ground, but he was, he was know, super high. He was playing close to the level of your Matt Rouse and your Noah Anderson when he was a year younger than them in a final. Like this is a guy that is highly, highly touted as a junior. Did it the thing that he like he did it at state league? It's just he didn't do it at AFL level. Got the opportunity. I think Will Phillips is one to watch. Um, my final one, and this this required some sleuthing, some sleuthing from Sherlock Dossie. <laughs> <laughs> this required some some sleuthing. Sorry, we got we got to explain the visual gags for the podcast. Dossie's put some random uh, detective hat on that's very very colourful and rainbow. You've had so many monsters. Fried your brain, bro. <laughs> This is technically is this team guys, in that hat. <laughs> this is technically this is Dossie's sleuthing efforts, Sherlock Dossie. Technically, this guy's third year breakout season. Talk to me because <laughs> his first year he had an injured back surgery. Okay, I'm talking about Jack Bytel nah. for the Saints. A 43 percent center bounce attendance average last year, which is actually fairly high it's when you think good. about it. Um, the thing about him, though, low, low time on ground last year, mm-hmm. 49 AFL fantasy average. His his percentage of time on ground was not much higher. Dossie's stat sleuthing, though. Luke Dunstan, gone from the team 12 games at 74% center bounce attendances. That's a lot of CBAs up for grabs. Not just that. When Dunstan, the said man who had 74% CBAs, was omitted in round 23 for Jack Bytel, Bytel attended 85% of the Saints CBAs for his season high of 88% time on ground for 85 AFL fantasy points off 17 disposals, 7 tackles and a couple of snags. Meanwhile, the Saints won the game against Frio as well, dashing Fremantle's finals hopes. Dossie's got his, his deerstalker still on for one last time. When Bytel played in the VFL, how many games? Two games. What do you reckon he went in there? 120 plus both times. I was actually going to say that. It's Bytel season. You heard it here first. Sherlock Dossie on the case. Uh, Hayden, as someone who's just doing an article on St. Kilda's best 22, I couldn't quite sneak Jack in there. Now, from your point of view, does he play ahead of Hunter Clark? No, but Clark does he play defense. ahead of Jack Steele? No, does he play ahead of? <laughs> does he play ahead of Brad Crouch? Brad Crouch can play in and out. Does he, he play ahead of Jack, Zach Jones? 
Does he play ahead of Zach, uh, Seb Ross? Yes. yes. Does he play ahead of Ryan Burns? Yes. Yeah, but you mentioned Does all those guys. Does he play ahead of Jade Gresham? Does he play ahead of Jack Billings? Yeah, like you went through, a we're going to go through all the whole yeah, yeah, there's, no, there's a lot of mouths to feed, <laughs> no, and I don't guys, know if Jack's got any any. Yeah, the th- the difference is though; those guys can all play forward and all play wing, whereas Bytel's a pure a inside pony. mid on his third year, fourth all year. All I'm hearing is one trick pony. I don't know. I like. I, I get you. I get your point. Like, if he boosts that time on ground, boosts his mm. CBAs, it's going to amount to scoring. Um, just not sure he does it. To be honest. That's he all. jumped in, I don't know, late last year they were showing the next wave. He jumped in. That, and you know what? Brett Ratton's already mentioned his name earlier. Yeah, yeah, and an ADP of 307, Doss. We're going to give an ADP for everyone tonight? Well, what have we done it for? <laughs> We've got an ADP section coming up. That's yeah, all. but I'm not talking about these guys. <laughs> anyway, I've just noticed that there's been an ADP for everyone. We're it's gonna, interesting. <laughs> no, but we've got to give some of these stats away, Kays. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, on the pod. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Oh, we're going to talk about some kick-ins, Dossie, and we'll probably get their ADPs as well. So let's go. Um, yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you want to give, give me a minute and I'll bring up my, my kick-ins? <laughs> Although this article has been up for a little bit. Um, Sherlock, Sherlock, I'll, I'll take the hat off. Sherlock Dossie's off the case now, but uh, Jack Bartell was was a good pick. Um, let's talk about guys that can boost their score based on the kick-ins this year. And look at first, a pretty obvious one. It's Braden Campbell, in my opinion. There's a few guys at Sydney that could take the role. So, Jordan Dawson last year, 28% of Sydney's kick-ins. Sure, they could all potentially just go back to Jake Lloyd, where they maybe should belong. But I reckon Braden Campbell, with his elite peg, they're going to look to give him the ball a bit more this year. And with his 53 average last year with 4% kick-ins... He, he can definitely rise that up. And I think he's he's another one that's probably not going... So, I think he's actually slipped down draft orders that I've been in a couple of mocks so far. So. I'd love to give you his ADP, but the ADP Nazi won't let <laughs> no, me. No, like, I think it's funny that we're just giving an ADP for every player. That's all. You can do it if you want. I have permission, Doss. Give me one sec. I'll just bring it up. Um, <laughs> the grumpy one has allowed me to have some fun. He's actually at 131. Mm. That's high. That's so high just remember that these ADP numbers are from seven leagues out of like probably <laughs> thousands. Okay, so that's more what I'm getting at. Still better than nothing. <laughs> My next player I want to talk about who he doesn't have defender status yet. It's Jordan Clark. Okay. I've just got a little case to make for Clark and I made it in this article that he might get a couple of kick-ins that people think maybe are just going to the way of Luke Ryan or just to Hayden Young. When we saw him play gun at Geelong in that one trial game, <laughs> he took seven kick-ins in that game. And it's something that he can do in terms of the new rules with the fact you can just run out there, elite speed and a good kick. Why not gain an extra 15 or 20 metres for the kick-in? My other argument I made compared to versing someone like a, a Luke Ryan, and Nathan Wilson, who took 37% as well, by the way. Jeez, so it was that high. It was that high. So, Ryan, 65%. Wilson, 37 Hayden Young, 11%. Hayden Young didn't play too many games. I think, obviously, Young boosts his. I think Geordie Clark, though, and I made this case because he's, he's shown signs of thirst in the past. He's got that elite foot speed, and we saw that in the grand final a couple of years ago, winning the sprint. I think we'll just see Jordan Clark beat them in a foot race back to the goal square to get those kick-ins. That's that's where the argument comes <laughs> okay. from. He, he wants We're the kick-in. I reckon he's going to go back and get them. Now, look, I think 4% last year when he played for Geelong, barely played for Geelong, 
Uh, he's got a great kick, 79% kicking efficiency. I reckon he'll take a few. I think the issue is Geordie Clark's going to be spent uh, on the actual field because he's just going to be spending all his energy running back to the uh, to the, the goal mm. line to pick up the ball. So I think the argument's flawed there. I, I think it's one to watch because I don't think people think of him as being a kick-in player and I think he could be. So Yeah, if, if he's playing in defence, it's just Luke Ryan has such a monopoly on those kicks. Like, I don't know. Should he though? I mean, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know why he does. To be honest, a few, a, I mean, he's a great kick. There's but a few like also, Dougal Howard had like something like eighty percent or something. Well, yeah, no, well, he, he's another well, guy. So. Well, I'll jump to straight to him okay. next. So, Dougal Howard had yeah, like ridiculous amount of kick-ins for for St Kilda last year, which I think is going to change this year. Correct so, me if I'm wrong. He tapered towards the end of the season, though, right? He did based yeah. on. Brad Hill. There you go. Moving okay. into defence. Now, we've heard from the best 22 maestro that Brad Hill might not actually be back there this year. So, one thing I'll make on this particular guy that I mentioned in the article, I'll just flag another name who's mm. going very late in drafts, mm. who's been flagged by Ratton himself as being playing as a defender this year. And I'm talking Josh Battle. Forward defender eligible, mm-hmm. a guy that has a great kick and it's his one of his greatest weapons, apart from elite endurance as well, which he never seems to get time on ground. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a guy that takes kick-ins next year if it's not a Brad Hill. But I think Dougal Howard, like you said, I, I don't have the numbers straight here. but case has got an ADP for you. <laughs> seasonal <laughs> average. So, so, seasonal average for Dougal Howard for kick-ins was 45%, yeah. which is pretty bloody high. And he only had 3%. Um, in his final three games, like you're alluding to. So, that yeah. was taken up a fair bit by Brad Hill. There was a couple of other mouths to feed back there. I think if if we do see Hill not stay back there and we do see someone like, I mean, Josh Battle to me reminds me of someone, you know, like a Luke Ryan who just has that really good kick and it's he's that kind of guy that should just be motoring back there and, and taking a lot of kick-ins. Dougal, yeah. He's an upgrade over Dougal Howard for a kick-in. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. It's Brad Hill. Like, he's disappointed us late. So, so good when he was back on a wing. So disappointing in defense. And no, I guess well, yeah, if he, I'm if, talking if, Josh if, Battle, though, man, now. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about. Sorry, I was talking about bad. if, yeah, if, if, if it's. We went Josh through three players yeah. from Hoogle. Yeah, it's, uh, one, of the, it's one of those guys. I, I think it's Josh Battle. Yeah, okay. You guys going to be Josh Battle? I think it will be. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I missed that kind of switch who you were talking about after that. <laughs> yeah. A couple more players. Will Powell. Let's get through them quickly. Yeah, Will Powell, I think, is just going to take it. Jack Bowes is out. Jack Lacocious is going forward. Will Powell's got about 79% kicking efficiency. Uh, he took 32% last year. He could end up being like Jaden Short season. levels mm-hmm. of uh, kicking. So, he's one to watch for me. All right, cool. Thanks for that. So, yeah, CBAs, kick-ins, uh, players we've analysed. There's more CBA and uh, kick-in data on our website. So, make sure you head to that and check that out, uh, especially if you're a member. Um, you get a whole And, and you could be a Sherlock Dossy sleuth yourself on those a, numbers. A stat sniffer, mm. essentially. You need like a little pipe. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to get one. A monocle? <laughs> is, that, is that what detectives use? They have a monocle? Or I, I th- yeah, I think that's maybe. the monopoly. The magnifying glass. Oh, that's what it is. I'm getting confused with monopoly. All right, uh, we're going to look at the breakout <laughs> tracker numbers now. Um, so, for those who haven't heard of the breakout tracker before, basically it's a rolling average of every player in the comp, and you can compare it to either the rolling average of any other player in the competition or the best players overall. So, for example, if someone's played 10 games, you can see what their career average is after 10 games, and you can see what the best players in the competition were averaging after 10 games as well to see if they're ahead or behind. And kind of get a gauge of where they're tracking in terms of a breakout so there's a few players in here i've decided not to go for the obvious ones well two obvious ones um i've tried to go a bit deeper to find some kind of guys with a bit of upside the first guy i'm going to talk about is tom highmore 
So he played 12 games and he's actually ahead of the top 10 defenders on their career averages at this point. So the top 20 average 60, he's averaging 61. So he's one point ahead. But I think the main reason why he kind of pops up is like there's a bit of a hole in defense at St. Kilda with, I guess, Caulfield going out. So there's just less competition for a spot now with Caulfield going out. Mm -hmm. So he might actually be in the frame to play a bit more. I did get a bit of a run on last season. I'm not promising anything, but statistically he's performing pretty well for, you know, a player who's only played 12 games. So he's one to look. And then, yeah, if you think there might be a bit of upside there, he could be one to look at. Now, Jake Bowie, Dossie. Oh, talk to me. <laughs> talk to me. I thought this was all Dossie Height Bowie, but, you know, on the same lines of Fiorini and Dow, which have been well, somewhat disappointing. Fiorini's popped now, so it's fine. It all worked oh. out. But anyway. Popped. He's, he's behind. <laughs> he's behind six point. He's behind the top 10 defenders by six and a, 6.7 points. So it doesn't sound great. But when you compare him to players around a similar mark, he's actually ahead of players like Jack Scrimshaw, Lockie Ash, mm, Harry Perriman, me, yeah. at similar points in their careers. So... It's not the worst place to be right now, I don't think. I, I know he's behind the top 10, but I think right now the top 10 are all very, very good and hard to catch. I think that's more so what the goal is. So, you know, Bowie, what was he, an average of his 60-something average was? I can't actually remember. I should have written it down. Uh, yeah, I think it was in the 50s, to be honest. 50s, was yeah. it? But yeah, it's still like not too bad when you compare it to the players around him. Obviously, it's Melbourne, so many mouths to feed. But yeah, I'm just saying he's tracking well, he played okay. like seven I get where games. the hype's coming from. He played like seven games um, and they were all at the very end of the season. Did very good in the in the VFL, played all right. Played and, the grand final. And came in, played the granny, and is just that elite disposal. Yeah. Um, so, thank you, Watson Heff, could um, be a, for doing that research. Could be me. a player in the future. I don't know if it'll be this year, but he could be in a flat player in the future that could be a good distributor to halfback that halfback line and score some good fantasy points. So, just one who's tracking nicely or around the mark anyway. Thank you for acknowledging it. Um, a player that I think is criminally under-acknowledged this preseason, looking at a few things is Matt Flynn. So, he played 12 games last year and he is tracking well ahead of the top five rucks in the competition. Um, Like I said, fantastic start to his career. But the big thing is apparently he's ahead of Proust at the moment in the pecking order or it's neck and neck at the very least. Mm. So, there was an article that came out in I think early February, maybe like 10, 12 days ago saying Proust is having just the worst off-season in history. So, he had a back surgery in November. It was after Mm. the season finished. Then he got covid and he only started training like a couple weeks ago. That doesn't sound like Bruce having yeah. injuries. Yeah, exactly. Who would have thought? That's actually interrupted preseason. And, and meanwhile, no one's cloud. everyone's talking about Bruce starting him in your classic teams. No one's talking about Flynn at all. But I reckon he, right now he probably has the ruck mantle. He might lose it before the season starts. Look, we'll say though, with the breakout tracker, and as much as it is an amazing resource, I'd only I trust it much more with younger players. Like this guy's 24. So he hasn't, he's on track with the top rucks because he's 24 and he's playing games later than the top rucks when they were like 19 debuting. On that, uh, we may have a bit of an update in the works for the breakout tracker that filters by age and things like that as well. But we'll just have to wait and see. I need to find some exclusive. Let's find some time to get it done. Is Not promised. Dossie's <laughs> sleuthing work back at it again, finding exclusive for the listeners. I'm not going to promise anything because I didn't find any from Monster Drinks. <laughs> yeah, he's gone a bit nuts, hasn't he? So he just popped the hat on again for uh, those people who are not watching the stream. But uh, yeah, anyway, um, I'm not promising anything. I need to find the time to get it done and find the. Uh, 
Adza to actually do the hard coding work for me to do it and get the stuff organized for him to do that. But uh, yeah, I um, it's, it's a possibility that it could be coming. So anyway, we'll move on. Uh, Trent Bianco is the next player I want to talk about. So he's five uh, points behind the top 10 forwards after the first 11 games. Um, averaged 103 in the NAB League in his draft year. Just showed glimpses last year, that round 20 game against West Coast. Snagged a couple goals, scored 84. Just, he should get more opportunity this year, I think. Um, and he's should a player, have mentioned the pies at the top for trial games, looking at what's going to happen. Yeah. Far out, so many names for keepers. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think they had an intra-club last week that, yeah, there was a few takes from that. They put their stats out too, which is kind of cool. Oh, too. I hope we actually get that this week. Like, I'd love to get some stats. I had, like, Nick Dacos had 24 yeah, touches. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll go through a few more obvious ones. I won't spend too much time on them, but Will Day, just he's uh, one now one point behind the top uh, 20 defenders. And like I said, they're a pretty good bunch, the top, sorry, top 10 defenders, that is. Um, they're a pretty good bunch, that top 10, but also just hampered by injury, a few low scores um, coming off the ground and things like that. He'd be well ahead of the top 10 um, if it weren't for that. And like he's only one point behind given the things he's had wrong. Was it he was, um, he's under an injury crisis. Cloud too. I've got so, written here. Still hasn't trained this year. We'll probably miss the first month at least. So and for he'll your, slide in the draft. Yeah, for your deeper, yeah, yeah, for your deeper drafts, and if you can keep a stack. He's one like later on to you'd take a punt on him late, surely. Well, if people, people let him go. Well, people care though, like because they, they they obviously if they're drafting, they're going to plan on keeping him for the next ten years. They think he's going to be a gun. Will that cause him to slide, or will he's just still got the same? Spot I think he's caught the hit. Uh, just people with injury clouds, like it's yeah, natural. You don't want to draft them early. I wouldn't, you know. I'd well, definitely that's be f- funnily enough, I say that when to. I first started those numbers, um, Walsh was first by a mile yeah and yeah. he's dropped so much after I've started adding a few more drafts to him so yeah, yeah no. why would you draft guys in like round four and three like Mitch Duncan and Aaron Hall who were injured <laughs> yeah, um, I, thought they're they're still I thought they're still primed for round one I, I thought they'd slide right. anyway They'll be right. I firmly believe Duncan's got three more years, but anyway. They'll both uh, go on round one before Niggles and they could still play round one. So. <laughs> anyway, uh, the other one's Tom Powell. Oh, we've already talked about him tonight, I think, but just he's on par with the top 10 forwards and he's just going to be huge long-term. So we won't go into him too much. Now, the breakout tracker does throw out a few one-game wonders, okay? Mm. So players that have played one game and their first game is better than the kind of you know average of their first game or the best players in the comp. So Alex Davies is one. Yeah. So really small sample size, only the one game. Game. But in terms of fantasy, 60 points in a de- debut, which puts him slightly ahead of the top 20 midfielders on debut. Obviously, that evens out the more he plays. If he scores 60 the next three weeks, he drops down. But what I've heard is that he might be the player to step into Greenwood's role this yeah. year. Mark my so. words, Stewie will find a way to play him in front of Barry. <laughs> yeah, probably. He did, I think last, last uh, was it round 23 last yeah, year that he played this game? game. Yeah. And he attended, you know, bulk yeah. CBAs too. So there, there, there's talk of him. He will be the kind of inside grunt player that, Greenwood leaves the hole for. They reckon he's kind of like the best slot in the place. He looked pretty good, I will say. (laughs) And he scored that in, yeah, very low time on ground too. But he's a player that no one's going to be thinking about in your drafts really because most people have tuned out by round 23 unless your team is playing in a grand final. So he's one to just take a real late flyer on, I think. Like, not saying go early on him at all, like, but real late in the draft, Alex Davies is one you might want to have a look at because he might just see some game time, get a few good tackle numbers and, you know, get a few, get an 80 here or there and help you out. 47%. CBAs in his round 23 yeah, game. Not too bad on debut. Um, Nick Bryan is the other one. Another one game sample, sample size. Statistically, just very good on debut. Um, 
He's ahead of the top five Ruckman um, pretty easily, I think. But yeah, Sam Draper's the obvious number one there. And I think I don't think Essendon are going to play two tools. You're the, you're the Don's man, Kaz. Do you reckon there's any chance of playing two tools? God, no. We've got two metre yeah, Peter. exactly. Um, so yeah, just another stash option, I think. And maybe one that you hope he gets traded in the future. But uh, I reckon he'll be a good Ruckman one day. Maybe not even at Essendon, but one day. Maybe not this year, but in the future. There's a few quality Ruckmans stuck behind, you know. Hopefully we get them to find new homes and yeah. we have like actual good Ruckman all around the league soon. Yeah, that'd be good. All right. With Kay's, I can, we can tell Kay's been itching to talk about his ADPs. I've actually talked about them most. I've got none <laughs> left. <laughs> but we're into the ADP section now. So, But what Kay's has specifically done here, you've looked, found some sleepers, haven't mm-hmm. you, in that, from the ADP numbers we've found. So I'll just explain it again. I've taken, I think it's about seven drafts now. I've taken- All the, fresh ones. Yeah, all fresh startup drafts. I've taken pick one to however deep they go and I've averaged all seven of those leagues together to kind of give an average list of where every player has gone in those drafts. All right, so I think Jack Steele's coming in at number one at mm-hmm. the moment and like, yeah, there's a few that you can you can go through and have a look. And I will publish these eventually. I just want more data. So again, I'll do another call out. If you've done a startup draft on Ultimate Footy, send through your league code and I'll add it to it. The good thing about this one though is Hef, if you look at the ADP numbers on Ultimate Footy, it's skewed because oh, people keep yeah, they're so people off. keep keepers and it's how yeah. it's all kind of retrofitted. So yeah. um, having a clean draft like with clean draft numbers like you've got. But even like AFL Fantasy, like there's no specific keeper league ADPs. This mm. is the closest thing you're going to get. Correct. So yeah. It's genius. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go through a few sleepers by position. Uh, coming in at pick 156, Sam Doherty. Now- I think people, fair enough, maybe got a little bit spooked um, and a bit nervous about his health uh, issues. But uh, Blues came out today saying that they're pretty confident he's going to play early on in the season. Um, so if he actually gets to 156, I reckon that's massive value. He will shoot up. He yeah. will, because Dossie took him to yeah, that you pick do 91 there, or 90 something. I took him. I just like what you've written yeah. next to there, though. Bargain. And yet you've uh, canned my draft. I picked him up what? Yeah. Pick I said value. Pick do you know, I actually got him in the keeper, uh, sorry, in the draft doctor's uh, mock draft as my. D4. Yeah. And then when I draft him, there's people like, he's not even going to play. I'm like, you watch. You watch. <laughs> nah, he was training at the time. Like, so I figured like, to get him that, like, he's your D4. He's my last, third to last pick of the draft, I think as well, because so, it was a shallow league. I think he'll rise a lot more than that, but uh, good news for Doc. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, coming great at, bloody news. Great news. Coming at 277, your boy, Dossie Bailey Williams. Now, mm-hmm. at that late, I reckon he's actually a nice little pickup. So last year was his quietest year, only averaged 67. He's actually had two years of 79 pluses in the past. So I think we kind of forget he's only 24 as well. So yeah. there's still lots to play out in that, um, in that dog's backline over the next couple of years. And I think, you know, if you're playing genuine keeper leagues and you're keeping a nice amount, I think he's definitely worth looking at. I wonder also there's, I mean, a lot of talk of the dogs free agents this year. I'm pretty sure Bailey Dale's one. If we get rid of that Bailey in the off season as well, we might <laughs> have only one room for one Bailey. Bailey. We might there's a lot to, to get through. We might be able to get a song of Bailey Williams next year for the big breakout. <laughs> uh, in at number 293 is Lockie Jones. Now, if we're listening to Intra Club Hype, he's going very well. And with a few little... Uh, Injury niggles around the port lineup. He might be one who could just, uh, you know, get a game early on in the year. But look, he's played a lot of SANFL footy as a teenager. And if we're talking keeper legs, I think he's a great pickup around that pick 300 mark. Mm. Um, as is the next guy at 327, Connor Buderick. So he was a prolific junior scorer. Hef loves him. He got uh, him super late in the draft. Yeah, yeah, prolific, was he? He was as a junior. Was probably second high, I think it was the second highest um, score in the NAB league mm. behind... 
Was it Walsh's year? Walsh, was that yeah. playing midfield though? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So obviously he's a bit smaller uh, yeah. bloke and has been playing in that back line, but he did his ACL in round two. I think he came off of 70 or an 80 in that game by memory. But look, worth taking a look, worth taking at pick 327 Absolutely. as a stash because mm-hmm. um, there's plenty of opportunity, especially with someone like Bose going down and- The coach um, is going forward. Correct. So there is there is an opportunity for him to kind of go they, back. They used to rave about him when he was playing. Like that, all, you know- you, You'd see the news articles from the Suns, and it's always mm. like when he was playing and fear that mm. they love it's him. All, all about the bud. I think he's a Queenslander as well. They, you know, they just love the locals up there, there too. Go. Now, this is the highest pick I think I've gotten here, coming in at pick 499. I think this is actually a steal. It's the cannon, Trent McKenzie. Um, he averaged 70 last year and only actually had two games under 65. That's so pretty good. He's good got floor. a fantastic floor. I think his average is actually uh, faulted by a 15 point score he got um, when he just had a uh, obviously a genuine lockdown role well, we against can, we can whatever. You can, you can take you can take out that. But like, if you've only got two <laughs> games under 65 for a guy that's going at basically pick 500, if you're looking just to get someone on your field each week or even as bench cover, um, genuinely good option, the big cannon. Uh, the mids, I think. You've got, Casey, you've got three of my midfielders in my Keeper League team here. What's going on? Well, at 152, Xavier Dersmar is a great pickup at that round. He is the forgotten man. He 100% yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, only 21. And he was going well last year before he got injured. Averaged 82 in his first four rounds. Um, and that was going to be his third year breakout. So, really hardly played um, much footy at all. I think you could almost pencil him in for a uh, delayed third year breakout this year. Um, yeah. You're getting him for an M5 price, basically. Yeah, um, I'm I reckon I got him in the Pro Keeper League. I'll just check if I did draft him. Genuinely, genuinely nice pick up there. 225, we've touched on him. Dylan Stevens, if he's got that new role, uh, was a talented junior. I think that's a nice little uh, bargain there, as is Jack Ross at 234. Already touched on him. On to some forwards. Obviously, this one's going to be a little bit interesting. Coming in at pick 189 is Jed Anderson. Now, He's vax hesitant, but their word is that he's going to get jabbed very shortly. He I was supposed if, to, they were supposed to know by today. Well, if it happens, he's going to go up. He's going to have the dock effect, uh, basically. But if not, he could continue to slide down. Apparently, but, looking at Twitter, he has yet to decide, yet to inform North Melbourne of his decision. The thing is, like, with these people that say they're waiting for Novavax, mm. a lot of them have already come out and said, no, nah, I'm still not getting it. Like, that, it was just like a lot of people just use an excuse to kind of try to buy themselves more time than actually, like, get the vaccine so I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong but it says he as of three hours ago uh, on the Herald Sun website he still hasn't he still hasn't informed North Melbourne what's would he happening. be worth the risk at pick 189 well, not knowing let's wait let's wait three three and a bit hours and we'll work it out because mm. he's not he doesn't have a job as of tomorrow uh, <laughs> pick 257 we touched on him Sam Powell Pepper um, I reckon he's great value at that type of uh, that time in a draft now again to some real juicy late ones here pick Ooh. 309 sorry I was just getting excited. Oh, pick 309, Connor West. Now, yeah. we know that Greg Clark's going to miss the first half of the year. Um, all reports is that West's having a great preseason. We know he was a huge waffle scorer before he got picked up in the midseason draft. For a forward um, who's got a massive ceiling and potentially could play a lot of midfield at pick 309, that is an absolute bargain. I'm loving this one now. Josh Battle at 377, Dossie. Back forward status. If he goes back and if he goes back well, that's where he's played his best footy. So Absolutely. get him super late. We love the back forward uh, double ups. Now, these are the last two. I'm kind of, I'm going to call them dice rolls, but there's an opportunity there. Matt Tabernard's coming in at 
pick 427. We know forwards are thin this year. He was averaging 73.5 till he got injured midway through last year. Um, and back in 2019, averaged 86. He's had a few injury-interrupted years. I was going to say, like, I reckon he averages 73.5 until getting injured midway through the last season, like for five seasons in a row, it feels like. Well, but he's, <laughs> he goes well with natural improvement when in Frio. When natural improvement in Frio, I reckon he's a great – at 427, costs you nothing. I love him. Like, I've always been high on him when he's fit and firing, playing, because mm-hmm. he's one of the better scoring um, key forwards. Mm. It's just he never stays fit. That's the issue. And lucky last for the forwards, pick 443, Jeremy Finlayson. Now, there's a massive injury cloud over Charlie Dixon. Uh, apparently, Finlayson played really well in that Port intra-club match and was their second ruck. So, basically played the Pete Laddams role. So, if he's got some good time up forward and can pick up eight to ten hitouts a game, uh, hello. Because he averaged 20, uh, sorry, averaged 71 in 2019. Could easily hit those numbers again playing as that you know second ruck forward option at Port. I like it. Sneaky. That one's a sneaky one. And lastly, we'll go with one ruck. It's kind of hard because we don't. There's lots of backup rights, etc. But Ivan Soldo had a fantastic uh, kind of end to the 2020 season. I reckon it was before he did his ACL. Um, Intra club reports that he was taking it to Nank. He's building up to full fitness at 25. He's a uh, he's definitely worth a look as just some backup ruck cover because. I know Nate got oh. named captain, <laughs> but I'm actually very keen on Soldo to kind of almost be a, I don't know, better Braden Prue. You know, someone who's just stuck behind a good Ruckman. He's, he's obviously yeah, ran it's into just the captaincy Nank. ruins it. Like, I'm if they were a 50 50 split, would you be interested? Nah. Nah. Not, oh. He's a better Ruckman like, than Nate Kervis. Two seven three. Yes, but sure. Yeah, just the skipper factor. I know it's annoying. Like, it's really <laughs> yeah, annoying because I was going to come in hot on him in a few drafts because yeah. I rate him uh, a lot higher than Nankervis as a pure ruckman. The point still stands at two seventy three eighty p. It's still mm. a good pick. Yeah, yeah. So they're my sleepers in the draft. Well done, Case. Thanks for addition to our numbers because I think we ended up. Wonder. There's some drafts that have gone so deep. There's like eighteen teams, like thirty players type mm. things. So like they're going down to six hundred and stuff like that. So yeah. we heard yeah. some news on the pod pod today. I think it was uh, Kyle let us know who was our special guest this week and superior guest than Case. Um, <laughs> that, that Kieran Strawn, big Strawny, is potential potentially going to do a bit of a dual ruck with Riley O'Brien. I Sherlock Dozzy hasn't sourced this, mm-hmm. um, so he hasn't. <laughs> You'll distance yourself from bad <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's not Sherlock Dossie's work. He, he does finer work than that. But um, yeah, Kieran Strawn, uh, <laughs> any interest there? He actually looked good last year. Move on. I just uh, don't know what yeah. they'd do if you got Riley Thilthorpe. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's that my thoughts. You, you, surely you're you running. Because he looks like Are a you sure this the first. Are you sure this was Holmesy? Five weeks or whatever. How do, yeah. you get to pick, how do you get to number two hat with mail like that? Anyway. Big Strawny. <laughs> that's uh, that's it for the main bulk of the show before we get to the questions uh, we just spent a second talking about our membership options out there so if you enjoy the podcast um, and then want to get access to all our bonus stats as well and up your stats game there um, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au or click the link in the description and uh, head to the membership section and sign up as a member um, if you do you get a bunch of bonus resources and stuff like that most recently i've put out the uh, the super coach ultimate rankings spreadsheet so had a few cries not cries just um whispers and um you know just a few questions asked from the super coach community out there not and, cries uh, not cries though. i meant like just cry for help more <laughs> more so not you know whinging but anyway um just can you can you do the same thing for us and i said uh no he initially said, <laughs> yes i can as he puts himself on another <laughs> as he puts himself another image on the home page super, super heft with his <laughs> yeah. arms right on the front yes uh, i can <laughs> 
<laughs> all in a day's work or something like that. Some something that's my catch cry. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, I did that. It was actually really hard to do because unlike AFL Fantasy, it is so hard to source past uh, Fantasy Supercoach numbers. There's not a lot of good resources out there except for um, Ultimate – no, sorry, Footy Y. But, uh, yes, the the way they kind of organise their players is hard work. Anyway, it took me a lot of time, but I got it out there. Um, So there's a uh, Supercoach spreadsheet out there for you to rank your players as well. But we've also got our individual rankings up on the site too. Also got draftee fantasy scores, state league fantasy scores, and uh, the breakout tracker, which we talked about tonight, and lots of other good stuff. We read out 10 gold members each week. Uh, Kays, you can do the honours tonight. Well, thank you. Uh, Thank you to Benjamin Tyrrell, Kyle Brett, Tom Pettigrew, Dave Quinlan, Tim McCartney, Tom Oates. Oates, I reckon. Oates. Sorry. Uh, Greg Watt, Brent Costello, Luke Hiscock, and Charles O'Connor. Thanks to those gold member legends, uh, and thanks for keeping that uh, gold members group pumping each week as well. Lots of good chatter in the the fantasy uh, atmosphere in there. It's great. All right, we'll get on to the podcast reviews. Uh, We have a few each week. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So I'll read out this week's one from Chop FC. And uh, it says, elite content for a horrible coach. Uh, Sounds like Kays. Since (laughs) listening to these lads and becoming a gold member, I have increased my win percentage from 12% to 31%. I don't play for wins. I play for the camaraderie. Hashtag lads footy. Uh, Ladsy footy? Ladsy footy. Ladsy footy. Um, But Hef, look. We, I, was, I was just checking some. I was just checking some numbers here. I think we actually are up to. I think we got 113 on the Apple, and I think the Spotify ones are actually uh, getting up and about. Actually, I don't know if you can check them on the web browser. I think you've checked the mobile, but uh, I think we're around about 100, ratings. 150 in total. I think now. 150 so, in total. Yeah, I think we're doing alright. Well, that reminds me, Hef. On the weekend, you stitched me up. You put out a photo on the <laughs> socials of Dossie, uh. Dossie heading to new pastures in the in the country footy landscape. What do you reckon we hit 200 and we see those pipes in action out on the training track? That's what, that's only, that's 50. That's a lot of ratings. So what you're saying, you're saying if we get 200 rankings or ratings, sorry, across Spotify and Apple combined. That we see those glorious pipes out of, out of the training track. I turn up to training. You, you rock up, you train, you, you put on the old uh, Just career savers. For reference, when was the last time you went to a footy training? Five years ago, I reckon. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been a while. Um, yeah, look, 200. I'd, I'd, it's a one training. It's fine. I'll do that for 200. That's, oh, that's wow. easy. Yeah. What about Kay? Just Kay's one training as well. <laughs> uh, do they have any, like, newer footies out at Kenilworth yet? Yeah, no, it's good. Good, yeah. uh, good joint. Look, if there, I only have to go to one training, that's fine. I'll, I'll do that easy. All right. What about um, <laughs> we, we hit 300? That's another 100. <laughs> Hef signs up for a C grade. Hef signs up for the C grade. So I have to actually play a game if we get three Please, mate, the season. I'll, I'll go s- and film it. I would snap in half playing a C grade game these days. Is that, are you I was a, I'm a two-time C grade best and fairest at Div 1 level, actually. But uh, Sounds like you still got it, mate. You, yeah. why, why else would you be? I know. He's having a full pre-season. Yeah. Look at him. If you're on the stream, look at this guy. All right, for 300. 300 uh, reviews, uh, like, yeah, ratings and reviews. I'll play a Seagrate game. Yep. That's uh, that's easy. One game. I'll get through that. So, no 400. <laughs> oh, 400. We get the package. We get the package deal. Hef and K's for a full season now at the Seagrate. Both of us? I'm not committing to that. I'm still, I'm still, I'm not a mercenary <laughs> like you, Dussie. 
I stay Four, loyal. So 400 games after play out the season at Kenilworth. Ratings, yes. Yeah. Across the two. Does that mean I have to commit to like a training a week too? Oh, God. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think at least Thursday nights. <laughs> get around the boys. That's um, a little snitzel. That's right. Look, for four, 400, for we're never going to get there. So, I'll say... I'll say yes until I ping a hamstring yes. and can't play for the rest of the year. <laughs> 400. 400. Mate, yes. congratulations. Welcome aboard. <laughs> You're going to bring me my like, What's the Kookaburra song, Dossie? Uh, the Chocolate and Blue. Cheer, cheer. Oh, yeah. Actually, I know actually remember. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, look, bring me my polo next the, week. It's and, the uh, Demons one. Bring me, bring me my polo next week and let's get this started. Let's do it. How are they looking this year? Yeah, mate. Should the cats have anything to worry about? We're up and about, Planet mate. Planning it for reference. So People Kazen, have no idea who we're talking about because <laughs> yeah. they're interstate yeah, as well. Yeah, so. and Dossie's team are in the same division. Yeah. This, and I, did, I used to play with Kaze's team as well. They're in the same division this uh, year, so it's going to be interesting. So you're yeah. going to have to verse your old team, mate. <laughs> no, I'm not playing that game for sure. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Can we do that <laughs> one? I would get pumped. And I'll play for the cats. <laughs> oh, I'll be able to run away from you. That's fine. Anyway, uh, look. Let's move on. Let's get stuck into the Good work, Doss. I like this. I like holding Hef accountable to something like this. <laughs> it's great. We're at least going to get him to a training. All right, on to the listener questions. Uh, first one comes from Michael Pace. He wants to know, back in Jack Graham or trade for Shai Bol- Shay Bolton, I've got to start saying that right, Shay Bolton uh, in 10 keepers, 10 team leagues, spent all the ammo looking to upgrade other areas. Kays, you are the Graham guru. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? I think he outscores Bolton. I think so too. Because I- even if he just goes along being what he's done, he's probably more consistent than Bolton too. I just think also as well, like there was comments last year from Dimmer, I think it was, where he said he doesn't actually want to play Bolton in the midfield. He'd rather play him forward because he thinks he's more dangerous and more effective up there. It was just more out of circumstance. They had to play him there last year, whereas I think they actually want Graham in the midfield. So I think I'd go with Graham for this year. If Bolton's back end was pass yeah, fantasy wise. Yeah. So well, he ended up, he didn't end up back forward. Yeah, exactly. So um, yes, Graham, 100%. At Geostorming asks, Harry Schoenberg. Third year breakout is guaranteed, but Fact. is he going to average more than Lipinski? I have a one for one trade on the table case. Mate, I can't answer that. It's too much bias. Uh, I don't know. What's the ADPs? Yeah, well, the let ADPs. me look it up. Lipins- Harry Schoenberg's Schoenberg. actually ahead from memory. Sean, oh no! What really? Yeah, I think so. I think it's. I think it's Jesus. very close. I he think went so I late. Spread the word so well. It's great. Now, in our keeper league mock, he went so late. And by the way, yeah. you didn't honour your boy. Yeah, you picked he him went up way up. Like pick ten or something crazy. Schoenberg. <laughs> Not like round ten. Oh, round ten. Uh, he went to pick hundred and something. Where his ADP? If you're watching, I think he's in the eighties. I think you're a true believer. In the nineties. I believe Ben Key slipped to thirty. I'm. Goat. I'm going to back in Lipinski just because I think. The Collingwood midfield is probably more shallow than the Crows is. So, I'll back in Lipinski. Of course he will. At Joven May 32, what can Will Phillips average this year? I've talked a bit about him. I think he'll be pretty solid, but what do you think? I've <laughs> got my gut feel, my nut feel, sorry, my Manscaped nut feel is like a 70 to 75 average this year. Gee, that's all right. I wow. think he's all right, forward. That's pretty good. Well, I think he still gets that midfield run and like, yeah, goes like- So, you're on board? No. Yeah, I'm on board. That is a all horrible right. call. You know, I reckon he averages 70? So, Big Boomer's going to be proud of that number this Will year. Phillips averaged 43 last year. He'd I have think to he, improve his- av- He'd basically yeah, have to double his average. Maybe that's, that's second year breakout. Well, that's, that's, as, that's as bad as Harry Schoenberg's first year, isn't it? So, probably 64. I don't have to be then. Yeah, this year. 
Unbelievable scenes. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Love it. 64. Um, that's what I say. At B, uh, B M Mavenal. Who's the better? Who's the better choice, Simpkin or LDU? Simpkin on paper looks great, but could get tagged more this season, leaving LDU to rack up more points. I think Simpkin's. I think if in a world where Simpkin does get tagged and can't deal with the tag, he probably still averages the same as LDU, like in that kind of eighty range, mid eighties, maybe low nineties. Simpkin's like can be genuine primo when he gets off the leash. Simpkin reminds me a little bit of Zach Merritt. Yeah. I'd go Simkin regardless. Yeah, I don't care if he's getting tagged because he will, like good players will learn to deal with the tag and you know you know and go one better in the following years. I think Simkin regardless. He's got primo written all over him. LDU's just yeah, I don't know about yeah. that. no. Sorry, LDU I like uh, Simkin. I'm like yeah, a little bit, but um, I think what you're saying is correct though. Like LDU is the super coach player because he's a contested beast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Simkin's the cheap ball on the outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, at Russ two four six eight, can Trey Rusco get a, a regular game time this season? Who does he need to push out? So we'll see. Russ that's injured. So, because okay. he could lose that kind of third, he's like 192. He's tall. So, Ruffhead's injured, injured. Who's the um? Who's the the draftee or the guy they picked up? That's supposedly Charlie Dean is supposedly coming in yeah. for Ruffhead. So, if he's not ahead of someone they've just picked up, it's I don't know. They'd have to. Yeah, if someone like Howe goes down again, maybe I mean, he's not. The thing is, though, down, yeah, you're saying he is that tall, but he's not. He's like a third. He's tall. not a key position. He's like yeah, a third tall. Like, like yeah, and Ruffhead is. So. Yeah. So, yeah, and no, so Charlie Dean's coming. I think in, so he needs to play isn't how a little bit? How's a little? Has how's got an abductor? Yeah, so that would be who he can. Just trying to think, but there's like there's for. quite a few there's quite a few names. And Chrissy Main's gone. Yeah, it's true. Maybe there's a chance. Means it's Porter season. Yeah, now these. Or for Stato's hope, Josh Dacos season. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah, he probably could get a regular game if he pushes out one of those guys through injury. More so, someone getting injured is probably why he'd play. But. Yeah, and also if they're doing this weird setup that they released today, where they're going to put just about everyone through the midfield on a different line, that's when if you have just a dedicated defender that can stay there, probably the Jack Madgen is the guy he can push out. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, so, I think he's pretty highly rated there. He Madgen's a bit more. Locked he's down. more of a lockdown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so. But yeah. that's probably the guy. Uh, Jaden O'Brien, uh, what's the likelihood of Kadeen Coleman will lock down a halfback role and average more than 60 this year? Asking on behalf of someone who's selecting him in a keeper draft, got laughed at by the other coaches and may or may not have had, se- I bet, several beers on the above outcome. Well, I reckon it's a great pickup. Chris Fagan has declared that he's playing off the halfback flank. So... If you're playing off halfback flank, you're at least averaging 60. Well, apparently it's the virtual role that they've got mm. him penciled in for. So, you were, who'd you have earlier? You had uh, Jack. Well, um, without seeing, yeah, without having heard anything from the coaches yeah. or seen anyone, I had the Irishman. Um, now I can't even remember his name off the top of my head. Wasn't that Jack someone? Jack. Uh, legitimately. Yeah, anyway. uh, um, Look, the, the monster's getting to my head right now. Yeah, so yeah. Legitimately. Uh, Chris Fagan has said that he's Yeah, no, I he's heard starting. the same thing. I heard the same thing. It's just like if it, if it, if it doesn't go well for the first few weeks, I reckon he switches it up pretty quick. That's all. Just got to hope he averages over 60 C with yeah, those beers and then he can have the rest of the year yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. But um, no, I'm actually, I've, t- I've took him in one of our drafts. So I reckon he's worth a, a late flyer. If he's given that role, there's every chance he will average more than 60 for sure. He just needs to kind of do something when he's given the opportunity. That's mm. all. Um, Richard Eliadis uh, wants to know, will Bailey Smith get a midfield role or increase his CBAs this year? Or when do you think he gets that permanent role? What do you think, Dossie? No, I think it's it's going to be wing for another year. They've just got too many guys there, unfortunately. Midfield like, is so strong. Yeah, it, well, it's, you know, like it's why a guy like Lipinski left. Like they're looking to 
they want to be playing in the inside. Like Bailey Smith's one that could easily be doing that. He's forced, he's having to play outside. It's only going to happen if like a guy like Libba um, gets injured or starts aging incredibly quickly. You know, it's something like that's going to have to happen for him to go inside. I think he's too good on the wing as well. It's kind of like the McCluggage um, dilemma. Like Bailey Smith was one of the best wingmen in the comp going around last year playing yeah. in that role. So, yep. he's, he can do it. And because the fact he can do it, he will do he it for a while. Yeah, yeah, I agree. They're not going to switch up their inside midfielders either. So, um, yeah, not when they're making grand finals and getting you know close for two and a half quarters. Yeah. Anyway, uh, at David50518535. Uh, that's a barcode. Nice. James, uh, Ma- <laughs> James Madden um, was the guy. That's what it was. And he, he got given... Birchall's number. Oh, there so. you go. Um, so, David asks, which one do you hold out of the Collingwood trio? McRae, McInnes, or Poulter? So Poulter. Circle. You got 100%. Poulter? What do you reckon? Have you read what they said out today? Collingwood's match uh, simulation but, review. Have you seen McRae's pipes? Yeah. Poulter. <laughs> you guys are too <laughs> pipe obsessed. Not, <laughs> enough, <laughs> not enough possession They're obsessed. They're big pipes. You know what? Dean Prestia isn't that good at, you know, fantasies. <laughs> Oh, he's just too big. Yeah, um, Poulter, playing exclusively on the wing, Poulter has flourished under the tuition of experienced players such as Steel Sidebottom and Jack Crisp. The dashing left footer had 15 disposals at an impressive 80%. What was most notable was his elite kicking, totaling eight kicks for the night at 100% efficiency. To add to that, he was able to find the ball in great positions, taking an equal game high, six uncontested marks. I, I do agree. Chrissy Main. 2.0. I do agree Poulter is definitely the safer pick. Like, we, well, from what we saw last year, the pre-season, that preseason report sounds pretty damn good, that's for sure. The only thing is just, yeah, McRae, those pipes. Nah. Um, I think they're both awesome. Yeah. Nah, they're, they're, you gotta McRae's going to be sick as well. you got to keep one. The last intra-club, the last intra-club, I'm, so, I'm going with Poulter, don't get me wrong. The last intra-club, they're talking about McRae, uh, McRae though and how like, well he was doing on the inside, playing as an inside midfielder as well. So, the there's upside The there. difference is though, yeah, like, like, there's been good reports for both of them, really. I think you look at upside total, though, CBAs and inside midfielders are what we talk about when we talk about huge ceiling players. McRae is a guy that is going to get that role and he's eventually. he's the brother of a fantasy guy. is going to be on the wing for most of his career and his ceiling's just not as high. So Poulter's short-term. Short-term, yeah. Poulter's going to average more. And I still can't split him long-term, but- McRae, McRae rises up the ranks long term a little bit so they're a bit more neck and neck there but I'd definitely get Poulter this next year um, at Traegs uh, for a team that's contending hopefully in brackets uh, he's got two questions here so he's keeping Jared Witts and Sean Darcy so he's got they play a ruck and a utility so he can mm-hmm. have them both on field that's that's fine you reckon mm-hmm. I think yeah we play utilities yeah. having a more second ruck fun. is a pretty good option so yep. I'm, I'm fine with that one Darcy hopes he plays like six <laughs> utilities in our uh, yeah. yeah well they're all ruck forward so it's all good <laughs> yeah, forever uh, and the second question is um, Hearn Brody Smith Luke McDonald who's a defender in Ultimate Footy oh, I did not know that I guess I did mm. Hewitt uh, Danaher and Jeremy Cameron two of those he's got to keep who do you keep out of those two oh, he's con- he says he's contending yeah. George Hewitt for sure yeah Hewitt because I think there's a lot of upside of if that role actually happens as yeah. a back I reckon that's juicy I'd keep Shannon Hearn I'd probably Hearn and Hewitt yeah. that's what I was thinking too though you could like I, th- I thought one of you was going to say McDonald but I don't have to worry about arguing against that now, so that's fine. I really don't rate Luke McDonald. It's uh, I, I get the argument, though. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Aaron Hall, there's not anything that's come out yet that's saying he's not going to play. I'm going like, to say it again, that North Melbourne aren't going to play a five-man defence where they let one guy run free like they did last year. They'll actually try to defend this year. That's what I'm thinking. 
So there's just not going to be a role for any of them to score well. And Dossie went real God, well. <laughs> Way high. <laughs> you got him like fifth round or something. I'm just messing with you, mate. Let's wrap it up before we get uh, any more Very sensitive about Aaron Hall. <laughs> Facebook. Top averaging defender last year. I got him in the Let fifth me wrap round. up the pod, boys. All right. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. We've been going off on TikTok, boys, actually. Um, I, had, I walked into my year 12 home group today and a guy in the back row is like, sir, I saw you on TikTok on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're actually... Uh, one of our views had like 15,000 up to 15,000 views now so uh, yeah, we are blowing up we're going off on TikTok so uh, keep a link pod on all those uh, social media platforms um, don't forget to buy some Manscaped products as well get on that lawnmower 4.0 it's the closest shave you'll get was it 300 to see you at training yeah 300 likes uh, reviews. 200 likes ratings, ratings, ratings and reviews 200 200, 200 ratings and reviews we want to get a 300. And I go, once I get him to training, it's over anyway. He's oh, going yeah. to get a taste. <laughs> oh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Anyways, that's Just it. Just don't for, tackle me with those pops, man. <laughs> that's it. I'll injure you at training. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week uh, talking about some of the uh, practice matches that happen on the weekend. Take it easy. See ya. Bye.